Let's invite him up, Pastor Joe Kim. You like that bro tap, the bro thing that we did? Amen. Hey, how you guys doing? Good? Amen. I was just thinking, um, you know, this past week, I've been at New Philly now for almost about a year and a half, and um, man, time flies. I just feel like I just got here like yesterday. You'll remember me. I came in uh, the summer of 2012, August. I came right into this church to serve. I was picked up at the airport by Pastor Markins, Pastor DA. Um, never had a chance to be alone. <laughs> or like, you know, like, I was just like brought right in. And I'm like introverted, you know. So, And they're like, they're, they're more extroverted, I think. I, would, I think, you know, living with you guys a year and a half, I kind of noticed that. And, um, and they're always surrounded by people. So um, when I got into the house, I was immediately just thrown into the community here. And, um, yeah, it stretched me a lot. <laughs> there are a lot of times I wanted to just be in my room, curled up in the corner, and just get away from me. But, um, but it was nice, you know, just meeting people, meeting awesome people. And um, can I just say I'm just so thankful for you guys. So thankful for you guys. And I'm so thankful for this community we have here and just the culture we have here. Amen? Amen. Guys, I, I, I've been around places, okay? All right. I have. All right. I, I, I did ministry for a few years before I came to New Philly. I spent some time in IHOP, Kansas City. I also spent some time in Bethel. And I can say there's an anointed, powerful culture God's doing here in New Philly. You can't take that for granted. All right? So um, I love so many things about this church. And I was just having lunch with an old mentor of mine who visited Korea actually a weekend ago. And, and we were talking, and, and he was just sharing how his church was doing. And, and I was sharing about what God was doing here, and his jaws just dropped. He was like, no way, are you serious? And I, just, and I didn't even have time to just share everything that we were doing. Like, God is moving powerfully here, and, and it's an amazing community. So why don't you just turn to the person next to you and be like, hey, you're really lucky to be here. And say, don't you forget that. No, but seriously, there's, there's just so much stuff I love about our church. But I got to say, one of the things I love most about New Philly is our prayer culture. Yeah. Amen? Now, we are a church that prays. Having come from an IHOP prayer movement, I was a full-time intercessory missionary in IHOP I was an intern at IHOP Kansas City full-time. Then I went to IHOP Eastern Gate, a house of prayer in New Jersey, New York City, contending for 24-7 prayer in the metro area. Having come from that kind of prayer background, like prayer is so important to me. And one of the things that moved my heart to come to New Philly is seeing that New Philly had this amazing prayer culture. Because honestly, a lot of churches don't have one. And it's amazing, and it's, it testifies of God's work to see that. I remember just my first time being at staff meeting. And I've been a lot of... I've been part of a couple of churches, and I've been part of a couple of staff meetings. And, and I remember we, I was at the New Philly staff meeting first time, and at the end of staff meeting, Pastor Christian's like, oh, we're going to pray. And then this is the first time I ever heard the staff here pray. You know, they, they, deal, they dig in, and then we just prayed for like 20 minutes, like out loud. Like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, that, that, that's kind of like our Korean gift to the, the universal church, you know, out loud prayer. And when you go to Kansas City and, the, and Midwestern American people, they'll, be, they'll, they'll love Koreans for that. And they, and they adopt that. They take it. And um, man, 
And being at Eastern Gate, you know, when we, when we, when we were staff and we prayed, we just, I, I don't know what you call it, maybe popcorn prayer? Is that what you call it? I think maybe that's more American style. We just take turns. And then if someone didn't pray, we'd look awkwardly. And there were so many times that I wanted to come in as like one of two Koreans in this big Italian organization. I wanted to come in and be like, guys, we all got to pray all together. And they're like, oh, man, I'm a little strange. It's too, it's too intense. We don't, you know. But I love how we do that here. Praise God. <laughs> Glory. So I came in, and I'm just like, man, these guys know how to pray. And I got so excited. I took out my phone. I got an Instagram picture of our staff prayer meeting. That was exciting to me, okay? And so, um, and, and, and it just got better. And then, we, and then we went to Sunday swim. Oh, my gosh. Actually, I was prepared for Sunday swim. Because before I came to Philly, I, I scoped out and checked out New Philly. You know, I went on the Facebook site. I, I, checked, I, 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 I tried to find every video I could find of New Philly. And then um, and one of the videos I, I found was of New Philly's uh, Sunday swim prayer taken in 2011. And I saw that video, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Am I watching the underground church in China? <laughs> or am I watching, you know, is this really New Philly? Because you see all these Koreans and they're in the room. They're like crammed, like, you know, shoulder to shoulder. And, like, blah, 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 blah. And, and people are just going, it's like, you can see fire in the room, literally. You know, people are just going nuts. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. I didn't know people still pray like that today, you know. And so um, when I went to Sunday Swim and I, was, and, I, and, I, and I came in and I was part, I came in and I saw Sunday Swim live, like in person. Like it was the most amazing experience. I'm like, I can't believe you can fit so many people in this room and it's not a fire hazard. And, and, and you can start praying. And like, and I, I honestly, like I've been in anointed places of prayer. And I, I got to say, when I, was, when I was sitting in Sunday Swim that, that morning, my first Sunday Swim, I was like, this is incredible. This is so incredible. I see so much faith in this room. I, I can literally see with my eyes. Um, or I thought I could see, you know, just say, there's an open door, an open door. I, I, I see my eyes of faith. You know what I'm saying? So I see an open door. Like I honestly felt, I'm trying to be serious here. Try, I, I honestly felt that God was saying, ask whatever you wish. When a group of people like that humble themselves and come together to pray and press in and contend and sacrifice an hour in the morning when they could be sleeping to come out early, suddenly swim, ask whatever you wish and you can get it done. So man, when I just came and, and I was sitting there, man, I was like, you know, this is, this is awesome. This is awesome. Like, what can God do with a prayer? And then, um, and then that's what you call, I guess, the honeymoon stage. And after a few months, it's like, it's awesome, it's awesome. And then, and then little by little, week by week, as time goes on, as you just prayer meeting after prayer meeting, staff prayer meeting after staff prayer meeting. Um, we used to do these things called pure intercession. You know, in the mornings, it would just be pure prayer, you know, for two hours, you know, that after that. And then on Friday fire, you know, um, praise the Lord. It's just twice a month, you know, but then, but then you go pray Friday fire and then, and then you have something called, and then y'all, y'all are lucky because, because you guys come in and pray here, but the staff, we come in like 20, 30 minutes before like the actual thing starts. We have another prayer meeting before this prayer meeting and I'm not trying to complain. You know, uh, I think praying in New Philly is like you get a cardio workout. You know what I'm saying? You guys feel me? So, uh, you know, it gets kind of tiring. And somewhere along the line, it just becomes, it can get kind of routine, you know? And, and, and you just do it because if you don't do it, it's like you're going to be called out or... <laughs> 
Let's be honest. And, um, and you know, you don't want to appear less holy than the person next to you, so, you know, you just, you, you pray out loud, and then, um, I'll stop, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Man, you just do this week after week, and somewhere along the line, I don't know about you guys, but, um, you know, if you don't, like, check your hearts, like, these prayer meetings, and then they get transformed from opportunities, right, to see God's kingdom touch the earth. They get, transform- they get transformed from that to just, like, being chores, you know? We kind of thread our way through. Isn't that true? You know, I got to attend Sunday swim. I'm a leader. Not like, I got to attend Sunday swim because, man, we've got to push some things through. You know, I got to attend Sunday swim because I'm a leader. That's what I got to do. And can't wait till the day's over until next week. <laughs> You know, it's easy. Let me put it this way. It's easy to look forward to the worship in this house because we've got a fabulous worship ministry. Can we just, can we just honor the worship team? Especially, especially tonight. I, I love the worship tonight. Sola's got the voice of an angel. It's awesome to hear her sing. It's easy to look forward to worship. Um, it's easy to look forward to the messages. You know, we've got some anointed preachers in this house. We've got a lot. People who aren't even full-time ministers, like super anointed. Um, it's another thing that really blew my heart away. Um, but how many of you guys can honestly say that you look forward to intercession? Huh? Yeah? How many of you guys have trouble sleeping Saturday night because you're so excited to attend Sunny Swim the next day? Yeah? <laughs> even tonight, as we're going through the prayer topics, don't lie to me. Don't tell me some of you weren't like, I know the prayer topic. I can't wait till this is over. <laughs> Didn't get much laughs there. Um, <laughs> Pastor David did an awesome job leading prayer. Wanna, we're gonna recognize him. Um, but like honestly, like isn't sometimes we can kind of fall into that attitude. I don't know about you. I'm being real vulnerable with you. Sometimes I can. I'm just like I'm tired of praying. Enough prayer. You know? Can we just meditate prayer for like like two prayer topics? Do we have to like shout out loud? I know Jesus cried out with loud prayers and petitions, but I'm sure there are moments he just was still before the Lord, and therefore just as powerful. Anyway, sorry. Um, anyways, guys, um, I'm just cracking out jokes like left and right. But um, I actually want to speak to this tonight because again, like I like I shared at the beginning, like there's such power in intercession, and I'm believing that if we're more united and we can take it to another level, like there's no ceiling too tall to contain what we can do for the kingdom of God here in Asia. Amen? Amen. You guys understand that God's eyes are on our house. His eyes have landed on this house. Like, he, he knows New Philly. Okay, we're not just some unknown church. Like, we're a church that we really love Jesus. And we really seek to obey. And his eyes are on our house. And we don't want to squander any more opportunities to pray his kingdom down. Especially when his eyes are on us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah? Amen. Um, I wrote down here, New Philly, are you ready? Okay, so, um, <laughs> it kind of, the moment kind of passed, but, um, <laughs> tonight my message title is called, um, Keep Believing. Turn to each other and say, Keep Believing. Man, that is good itself to be an altar call right there. Okay, my hope is that as you listen to this, it will reignite a fire in you to be an intercessor. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're an intercessor. (laughs) I hear a lot of intercessor. 
My heart is that as you listen to this word, the light of fire, you want to grow as an intercessor. You want to get excited. You want to get serious about it and actually look forward to it. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke 18, verses 1 to 10. Luke 18, verses 1 to 10. This is the parable of the persistent widow. I will be reading from the English Standard Version. Verse 1. And he, Jesus, told them, his disciples, a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Amen. Let me just pray for us really quick. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for just this sovereign moment, Lord, where you can speak to our house about prayer and intercession, something that's so dear upon your heart. Lord, would you come and and speak to us, Lord? Would you speak through my lips, Lord? And uh, we just submit this time entirely to your leadership. We just love you, Jesus, tonight. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, this is just an awesome passage on prayer. Um, Before we even get into the judge and the widow, can I just say that Jesus keeps it real? If you look at verse 1, here's how we know he keeps it real. He says, he tells us that he told his disciples this parable so they wouldn't lose heart. You know what he's saying there? Jesus is saying that, guys, I know intercession can be tough work. You know, I don't, I don't expect it to be easy for you guys. It's not easy. Sometimes it can be tough work. There's a possibility that as you pray, you might actually get tired of doing it. But Jesus says at the same time, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, because God's going to answer your prayers. And he goes on to tell a story of an unjust judge who doesn't fear God, which is probably a nice way of saying he doesn't believe in God, nor does this judge respect people, which is a nice way of saying that he has no regard for the law or morality. And then you have this widow, and you feel terrible for her because if there's ever a person in society that didn't have a voice at that time, it's the widow. And it's like the worst of both situations. She's like stuck between a rock and a hard place. She's got no voice, and she's paired with this judge who's like Hitler, you know? Like he he doesn't care about anyone. There's a slim chance that this judge can do anything for this widow. But don't tell that to the widow because she keeps coming at the judge. In the morning, she comes at the judge. In the noon, she comes at the judge. In the evening, she comes at the judge. When he's in the bathroom doing number two, he comes at the judge. (laughs) She just comes and comes and comes and comes until this godless judge finally, out of frustration, says, Enough! I don't believe in God. I don't care about the law, but she's going to drive me crazy unless I give her what she wants. And then this judge finally relents and gives her. And Jesus is saying, Guys, look at that unrighteous judge. Do you think I'm like that? Jesus is saying, you may think God is like that, but he is nothing like that. By telling the story, Jesus is saying, God actually cares for you. He listens, and he's actually for you. Jesus is saying, if this judge is able to be moved by a widow, how much more am I, the loving, gracious, compassionate God, 
How much more am I moved by the cries of my chosen ones, my very bride, who cry out to me day and night? If this widow can get justice from a corrupt judge, how much more can you expect to get justice from me? I mean, you see, if we're honest ourselves, we're no, we'll never admit it. But just maybe we fall into believing that God is unwilling. Just maybe we fall into the belief that God doesn't care. Because we've just had enough and we're kind of tired of hoping. We just do things because we should rather than believing things will happen. Because honestly, that's a lot more comfortable. It guards us from disappointment. It guards us from being hurt. It's easy. It doesn't take much faith. And Jesus is saying, and, and, he, and the question for tonight is, but do we still believe? Do we still believe in intercession? Do we still believe in calling out his name? Do we still believe in coming to Sunday Swim, Friday Fire, pre-Friday Fire prayer meeting, Friday Fire prayer meeting? Do we still believe coming to all these things? Is this still worth it? Because you see, prayer intercession, it only gets tough well, I'll, I'll be blunt. It only gets tough if you stop believing. When you fall into futility instead of faith, that's when it gets tough. You lose sight that there's still a God listening on the other end. That's when it gets tough. But I mean, man, what would it look like? I mean, I was just thinking of this as I was preparing this message. What would, how would different would Friday Fire right now be if Jesus himself was on the stage right now? Like, let's say Jesus made a promise to join us tonight for Friday Fire. Let's say he made a Facebook account, and he posted a Facebook message to New Philly's site. And he said, New Philly, I've heard your prayers. Get ready. You know, out of all the churches on the earth, I'm going to show my face at New Philadelphia Church in Seoul, Korea, in Shilimdong, you know, on this, on, this, on this mountain. You know, I'm going to show my face here. You get ready. Friday fire, March 14th, white day in Korea. I'm going to show my face here. <laughs> I wonder if he did that, how would we respond to that? How would we respond to that if, you, if it, that really happened? Because it could happen, you know? One thing I bet you is that we wouldn't be late to Friday Fire. <laughs> we wouldn't be late to Sunday Swim if he, if he said he was going to come to all our gatherings. Instead, I bet you we have lines forming outside the doors if Jesus was going to come here, right? Thank you. <laughs> I mean, just... How crazy would it be if, as I'm preaching right now, Jesus just manifests, you know, right next to me. You know, he's like, you know, he comes with blinding light, you know, eyes full of fire. You know, you look at him, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even look at him because he's just so bright. Like, how would that look like if Jesus was right here, right now with us in this room as we're praying? You ever wonder how different that we would, how different we would act? You ever wonder how different we would express ourselves in prayer if Jesus is right here? You ever wonder how different our prayer meetings would look like as we're praying for the Ukraine, Crimea? I noticed our volume level was really low as we're praying for that because a lot of us don't even know anything what's going on there. But if Jesus was here, that wouldn't even matter, guys. We'd be like, <laughs> you know, I, we'd just be like, Jesus, do something, break in, okay? Our prayer meetings will look so different if we're here. You see, prayer meetings only become a routine when we're doing them more to make ourselves feel better. Oh yeah, you feel that? Rather than praying as a response to the glory of God in faith that he's no less present with us than if he were to manifest openly. Come on, that's good. 
You know, we always talk about worship being a response to the glory of God. You know, that's like the big theology in worship musicians these days. Worship is a response because when you see his beauty, you see his glory. There's nothing else you can do but say, God, you are worthy. You know, God who sits on the throne and above the circle of the earth. The kings are like grasshoppers before him. God who looks at them, he mocks, he laughs because he can do whatever he wants. Like waves come this far and he says, waves, you don't, go in, you don't come any farther. Like we're able to breathe because God allows us to breathe. Satan his ability to breathe is based on God allowing him to breathe. That kind of God worship is a response to that. But how many of you know that intercession is also a response to that? Amen. Okay? Intercession is a response just as much as worship is a response. And the question is, how many of us have still have faith when we approach intercession? Before a God like that. How many of us would still believe? I'm telling you, our prayer meetings will look radically different. They will look completely different from what we know them as. We re- if, if we really believe that, we really saw the Lord. In verse 8, on this passage, that's what, that's what Jesus, that's the question Jesus asks. When a son of man comes, will he find that kind of faith on the earth? Or will he just find a church going through the motions? I don't know about you guys, but I want the Lord to look down and see our church, and I want him to give us like a slow clap. Because he sees these crazy new failures, and he sees that they intercede you know, I want him to look down from heaven and be like, man, these guys, they're so crazy. Like, I don't even need to show myself in bodily form because it wouldn't matter. They would act the same way whether I'm here or not. Wouldn't it be awesome if God had that on his heart? What an eternal witness would that be? You know? You Philly, we want to be that kind of church, a church that believes and acts. Amen? So when we look at this passage, I just want to share with you guys three principles of intercession that will keep us, that will help us stay girded to that place of faith, that will help guard us from falling into futility. So um, let's kind of look at this passage once more. And um, to help you remember these three points, I've come up with the acronym AMP. It's um, the acronym AMP. Activation, maturation, preparation. AMP, AMP. So I'm going to go through these letters one by one. You guys follow along with me. But before I do that, you, go, you turn to your neighbor and say, are you ready to get amped? All right? Because it's about to get good. Come on, AMP. That's a cool acronym, right? You're like AMP, you know, it's like AMP, you know? So um, hope you guys uh, like that one. So um, the first letter, first letter, activation. Number one, only intercession activates God's purpose on the earth. Only, a big only, intercession activates God's purposes on the earth. Verse 7 says, and will not God give justice to his elect? Notice that only God can give justice. Scriptures tell us that we can have plans, but God determines our steps. Only God can cause things to move forward. Our hard work won't do that. And we're known at New Philly to work hard. At least the staff are. You know, we work pretty hard. Um, <laughs> multiplying past a Christian, cloning him 10 times won't do anything. Okay? Multiplying our entire staff by 100%. Um, our leadership is humongous. It's like 75% of the church. Even if we multiply that, our leadership to like three times, that won't do anything. Only prayer will move the heart of God to move forward his kingdom here on earth. Amen? Amen. Amen. Man, as a media pastor, one of the busiest seasons um, that... Uh, that a media pastor, at least serving here, that, that I can experience this mission season. Because mission season, we just go crazy as a church. We send out, like, teams to countries. And, and then on these teams, like, we, have to, we train photographers and videographers, many people who've never held a camera before. 
And so you get a lot of footage coming back in. And as a media pastor, it's, it's my job to kind of take them and, and regulate them and just archive them and meticulously just, um, um, just um, take good care of the data we get back. And on top of that, um, um, as a media pastor, I also oversee the making of videos, videos, videos. And because media season is so busy, um, there, was, there was a time last year where I had to make two missions videos, um, both missions videos covering, like, four trips. And it was just, like, it was insane because the entire week I, didn't, I was just, like, so, like, red-eyed. And I was like, ah. And, and this year I was like, I, I don't want to do that again. I just want to make one missions video, all right? And, um, and, I, and I had another friend make another one. But, but this season, if you guys noticed, we sent out a special missions team to Cambodia. And it was a dance team. And so I'm just like, in my heart, I'm like, there's no way I'm making a separate video for Cambodia. <laughs> Cambodia's going to get their one minute and 30 seconds along with um, <laughs> Philippines and, um, not Philippines, um, um, oh my gosh, I forget the countries. Oh yeah, Philippines, okay, that's right, that's right. Philippines <laughs> and the U.S. And I remember Lisa just came knocking my door. And she was really trying to convince me to make a Cambodia video. And I'm just like pulling all my weight as media pastor. I'm like, no, no, we can't. We got to keep these standards. We can't, we can't do that. No. And uh, I'm just like, I'm like, that's, there's no way. I'm not going to stress myself out, you know? Um, and I already got a cool idea to make a video showing, showcasing three teams well with one song. And then all of a sudden, um, I watched Cambodia dancing practice um, during one of their practices. They, they, I saw see a practice video. And it's to a song called Sinking Deep by Hillsong. And it's a beautiful body worship, beautiful body worship. And, and then the body worship, um, um, just, there, there's even like a slow jazz dance in the middle by, by our sister there. Um, and she, and she, just, um, she just dances. <laughs> I, 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 to be honest, I forgot her name at that moment. So I was like, oh, she just, uh, Julie, Julie Bion. Julie Bion, you are an amazing dancer. Okay, so... Um, I see that video. Ha, ha, ha. Come on. So I see that video, and, and all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, like this inspiration just floods my mind. And I see this dance video, this dance team dancing, but the background's changing behind them as they're dancing. And I'm just like, and I'm watching them like, oh, snap. Yo, this is, this is good. Oh, man, this could be something special. And deep in my heart, secretly, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to tell Lisa, but, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a Cambodia video. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm excited. I'm inspired. You know, and, um, and then, like, a week after, I walked by Lisa's table. She's working. I'm like, Lisa, guess what? She's like, what? She's like, I'm going to make a Cambodia video. You know what Lisa tells me? She tells me, prayers are powerful. <laughs> Honestly, the emotion that I experienced then, it was a weird feeling. I felt, like, spiritually violated. <laughs> I just felt taken advantage of. And at that moment, the only thing I could say back to her is, no, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and then she just slapped me really hard on my shoulder. And, uh, but man, prayer is powerful. <laughs> Prayer is powerful. God moves at the sound of our voices. He moves at prayer. Even when the guy you're trying to convince is a knucklehead, he still moves and finds a way to communicate to that guy his will and his desire. And how many of you guys were blessed by the Cambodia video? It's all the Lord and it's all Lisa's prayers. Man. New Philly, there's a reason that there's such a strong presence of the Lord here. 
You know, as much as, you know, kind of griping, right, you know, in, in my message. And when I listen to it back again, I'll just be so ashamed. But, um, but there's such a strong presence of the Lord, and it's because of these prayer meetings that we have. You guys get that? There's a reason why when we come to Sunday service, such a strong presence of the Lord. So many sisters are bawling their eyes out, you know, and, and, and guys too, some guys too on top of that. Um, and there's a reason why just every ministry we have in this house is a powerful ministry. I can't think of a weak point, honestly. I'm just like, oh, no, they're all really good. You know, I think of our small group ministry. I think of how many people have been changed and transformed. Emmaus. Oh, my gosh. Emmaus. And just the lives that get changed, you know, in the course of just one semester. I don't know of any other ministry on the planet that can do that. The people who don't even know Jesus when they come in and when they leave, they just love Jesus. That's prayer power right there. Now, when I think of our missions ministry, like I just shared, the signs and wonders that we see, that's amazing. It's all because, only because we have a strong prayer culture. Man, I, as a media pastor, this thought came to my mind as I was just writing this sermon. I, I wish it, it'd be only suitable and it would only be fitting if we could put a little disclaimer, right, at the end of every video we make. At the end of every video, before the credits come on, made possible by SS and FF. Sunday Swim and Firefighter. <laughs> you know? Every video we make, if we can put a little watermark, watermark on like a thousand pictures that we put up every week on the right, little right, lower right-hand corner, boom, made possible by Sunday Swim, Friday Fire. I mean, it's, it's the reality. It's the truth. These things are only so fruitful because we pray behind them. And man, I just, I mean, we're, we're, we're sort of catching it now, but imagine if the entire church understood that. That is because of Sunday Swim, it's because of Friday Fire, that it's responsible we see, for why we see revival in this church. And no other reasons, because of those things. I mean, how much more will come out to our prayer meetings? And conversely, if we have this much anointing with, a, with just this many people, how much more, how much more will we experience if the whole church came out to these kind of things? You know? And as I was preparing this message, it really, really got me thinking, man, it's a pity. I mean, it's glorious that we see this much of God already, but... It's a pity that we, we have yet to reach our peak. You know, we have yet to see all the leadership come out to our prayer meetings. And I just wonder how much we're jipping ourselves of the kingdom of God by doing that. And we could do so much more for the kingdom by coming out. But I'm, mad, but I'm telling you, I imagine that if our church would, would get into a holy anger about the kingdom of God and a holy violence about it, I just imagine, I just imagine seeing packed houses at all our prayer meetings and our, our overflow rooms just for intercession. And we could do damage to the kingdom of darkness. Amen? Amen? We keep talking about another level. Guys, honestly, this is the other level. Getting our church to pray. You know? <laughs> that is another level. Because when our prayer movement blows up, our church blows up. Amen. There's no avoiding that. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Intercession activates God's purposes on the earth. That's A. Letter M. Maturation. Intercession matures us. As we partner with the Lord to see God's kingdom being activated... It matures us as we do that. Intercession matures us as sons who don't give up in pursuing the Father's heart. Verse 7 says that God will delay. Okay? He makes no secret of that. He said God will delay. Okay? The question is just how long. But why would he delay? God is not evil. He's not malicious. He's not trying to tease us or torture us. He's good. He's benevolent. Anything in his heart is good towards us. There's got to be a good reason why he would delay. And the only reason he would delay is this, because he wants to build you up, and he wants to bring you to a full maturity of a son who can cry out day and night, it says in that scripture. Not anyone can cry out day and night, but sons walking in full sonship. 
The church walking in, in, in its full bridal identity is able to do that. See, pansies aren't able to do that. No, um, that word just came out of nowhere. <laughs> but because um, as soon as things get uncomfortable, they quit. But how many of you know that God is not in the business of raising up quitters? When he's, when he's taking you to be more like his son, his son who took that cross upon his shoulder, step by step, you know, on the mountain of Calvary, take, he's raising up more in the image of his son to not quit, but to be a warrior. You don't go in maturity when things are easy. You don't go in maturity when things just get handed to you without much of a fight. What you do get is spoiled. And if you were in the middle of a battle, what kind of soldier would you rather have next to you? Someone who's spoiled or someone who went through so many battles? Like they lost so many battles, but they learned so much from that and they won many. And it got, it got scars to prove it. What kind of soldier would you want next to you? I'm telling you, everyone in this room, we want that soldier who's experienced. That soldier who just contended and fought, who's, who failed gloriously, but also rose again, and rose again victoriously. That's the kind of soldier that we want to be partnered with. And that's the kind of soldier, that's the kind of son, that's the kind of bride that Christ is raising up all of us. That is why he delays. More than giving things to you, the Lord wants to mature you. Okay? Can you demonstrate tenacity in pursuing the Lord? Can you walk in the fruits of the Spirit as you wait? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See, the times when you contend are actually the seasons God has marked out for your growth and not necessarily what you're contending for. Let that sink in, okay? Because more than changing your circumstance, God, what he really, really cares about and I've learned this so much in my life. He's more interested in changing you, maturing you. Because to me, that's the fruit that lasts to eternity. While your circumstances, they'll last for a few years. If you guys get my drift. God wants to mature us. And also, you know, our generation, that one thing that God wants to mature us in is that our generation, we can't help it, but we are kind of spoiled. You know, we are the ADHD generation. We get bored through the day. We reach for our cell phones, and, um, and we can't, you know, maybe I see some of you guys on your phones right now, but, um, but I'm, I'm trusting you guys are taking notes and not going through Facebook and checking your statuses. But, but <laughs> we are that kind of generation. We just look at our phones constantly, and I, I, I confess, I suffer, I suffer with that. But what the Lord is trying to do and what he wants, and um, before I even get to that, let me just say, like, you know, as we reach for our phones, that's the same way that we reach for the prayer topics. We get bored of prayer topics really easily. But God is looking for people who will not get bored, who will press in, and who will, who, who will see it to the end, who will finish what he started on the earth. Amen? Amen? The kingdom of God is waiting to be taken hold of violent people who will be tenacious. So, you know, although the title of this passage is called The Persistent Widow, and if I ask Jesus what the real title of the passage should be, you know, keeping tenacity in mind, I think this is what he say. Okay, I think it's pretty good. The real title of this passage should be, Don't Let a Widow Show You Up. <laughs> Okay, because if a widow can get justice in that kind of situation, how much more can we get when there's an open door before us? Jesus says, whatever you ask, ask of me, I will give unto you. But you don't ask, but ask and I will give unto you. How much more we have this open door from the Lord? Jesus saying this passage should say no excuses on top right there because we've got everything that we need for the Lord. Amen. Oh, my goodness. I am running out of time. Okay. Um, I'll just end with this one point. Um. If you guys want the full message, you guys can email me. I will send you my manuscript. Uh, uh, but I'm keeping the time. And it's okay. You're not getting gypped, all right? This is good right here. One thing that I, I really noticed as well is that, um, you know, with, with the K-1 prayer tabernacle that we have, and it's, a, it's an awesome ministry, amen? You just come in and you worship the Lord, and it's like, oh, yeah. 
I love you, God. You know, I, I enjoy you. And I think, and this is a personal conviction for me, and that's why in so many, many ways I feel inadequate preaching this message because I need to walk it out myself better if I can just be real before you guys. But I think we all could make more room in our prayer lives for intercession. Okay? Don't get me wrong. I think going on dates with Jesus, we, we use that terminology a lot. I, I think it's a little weird, going on dates with Jesus. Okay, but uh, we can do that. We can enjoy the Lord. Okay? We can enjoy him. But just more than going on dates, I think God wants us to join in with what he's doing right now. Jesus, you know what he's doing right now? He's up in the heavenlies right now on the right hand of God interceding for us. Jesus is a great high priest. He is an intercessor. If we claim to follow him, we need to be intercessors too. Because if we're not careful, guys, honestly, and this is kind of what I observe just in my own heart and in, the, in this in the charismatic movement in the church, we can make pleasure in our relationship with the Lord and idol. Okay? It's nice. I'm not saying it's bad. It's good. We need to, actually, at times. We, we need to find our portion of the Lord. Amen? It's nice to pleasure, pleasure yourself in the presence of God because it says in Psalm 16 that the fullness of joy is in his presence. Okay? But if we just stay there and don't move on from that, I'm calling it out as just immaturity. Okay? That's why you have all these charismatic junkies, you know, who go on from conference to conference because they want to just get their high and they move on to the next one. But how many of them will fast and pray for revival and do the, the knee work of, of contending for just a kingdom breakthrough with their, with their tears? You know, that's what the Lord wants. See, enjoying his presence, guys, here's the thing. It's not, doesn't, it isn't always loving God, enjoying his presence. Enjoying his presence isn't always loving God. For me, I get tempted to think it is loving God. Because I'm like, God, I'm giving you my time here. I'm enjoying you. You're enjoying me. Oh, Lord, I love you. But to the Lord, it isn't always, he'll, he'll receive that, okay? But that isn't always loving God. Loving God means obeying God. John 15, if you love me, you will obey what I say. All right? We need to love him. We love him by doing what he commands us to do. Intimacy is nice, but... True intimacy, remember that it always leads to the place of intercession. If you love Jesus, you will love the things that he cares about. And at the same time, true intercession actually leads you into deeper intimacy. When I intercede for things, when I intercede for my friends, and I think it's still, like, you know, sometimes I just want to spend time with God, honestly, all day long. I don't want to intercede by anyone, okay? I just want to just enjoy the Lord and, be, and just be selfish like that. But when I start getting into the place of interceding for other people, my heart gets enlarged. And my and Lord gives me deep things in his heart for other people. And I begin to love people with love I didn't have before. Okay? Intercession leads you to deeper intimacy with the Lord. So for all you guys who like intimacy, all you guys who you know, love to enjoy yourself in the Lord, Lord has so much more for you than just that. Okay? We're, a lot of us, we're just at surface level. But Lord's saying, jump in, come deeper. I have more to show you. Join in with what I'm doing. Intercession matures us as sons who partner and identify with the Father's heart. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to close with just one, one last thought. Yeah, one of my favorite movies is The Shawshank Redemption. Just an amazing movie. I hope you guys watched it. It's a famous movie. There's a scene where the main character, Andy Dufresne, okay, he's in prison. And he's stuck in prison, and he's just a guy who loves the arts. He likes to read, but he notices the prison library is just broken and jacked up. And he's just like, you know what? This, this isn't right. The government has to do something about this. You know what? We should ask the government to, to send us money so that we can renovate it. 
but the people in the prisoners, the people in the prison, the prisoners, they've lost all kind of hope. They're just like, don't, don't ask. It's, it's pointless. They're not going to answer. They don't care about us. And uh, but Andy's like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask. I'm going to write a letter every week until they give us the funds to repair our prison. And um, they're like, what's the point? You're being stupid. Why are you doing that? And Andy replies, they can't ignore me forever. So he keeps writing letter after letter after letter after letter. Month passes. Years pass. Letter after letter after letter after letter. He stays in that place of intercession. He stays in that place of writing letters. Until finally, six years later, all of a sudden, all these boxes come in and, 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 and cloud the warden's office. And they call Andy. They're like, what did you do? And, and with these boxes, they find a note for $200, which back in the day was a big deal. And, um, and a letter that says, here are your funds. And by the way, a local library donated all these books and records for your prison library. We consider this matter now closed. Please stop sending us your letters. <laughs> to which Andy replies, it only took six years. From now on, I'm going to send two letters a week instead of one. <laughs> Guys, we have too many people in the church with a prisoner mindset. A defeated mindset. A religious go-through-the-motions mindset. There's no real hope anymore because it's kind of dangerous to hope. You know, and Morgan Freeman says that in the movie. He's like, hope is a dangerous thing. Don't ever look at it. You know? <laughs> but, but we need, what we need are more Andy Dufresne's in the kingdom of God. Amen? More people who will have hope. More people who are willing to be disappointed. More people who will believe and violently take hold of the kingdom of God with faith. And will pray and pray and pray and pray until the Lord answers. I just want to encourage you tonight, and whatever you're interceding for, um, personal or church-wide, to don't give up. Because don't give up. Continue to hope. Keep believing. Because God is here. And God is listening. Amen. So New Philadelphia Church, will we be that church once again where the Lord looks down upon our church? He says, that's a church. That's a church that knows how to pray. That's the church knows how to pray, that even if I came to bodily manifest in the midst of them, it wouldn't even matter because they already see me when I'm not there. Will we be that kind of church? Guys, my prayer is that we will be, that we will do something special for the Lord on the earth and will cause a great movement, not just reaching Asia, but reaching the ends of the earth because that's what the Lord would have us dream because that's his heart and that's what we need to partner with. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray.